The huge center court is filled with people. They are shouting about something. On one side of the court, a balcony extends out over the courtyard. Bring forth the prisoner. In the center of the courtyard, what looks like a stone slab melts away, and a man in chains rises up on a stone lift. Men Khan, you are the most evil and corrupt criminal this world has ever seen. You have destroyed nearly half a continent and murdered half of our population. Do you have any final words before we pass sentence? Only half? I was hoping for much more. Mr. Collick, how's your wife? This court finds you guilty. Are you ready for sentencing? Of course. I welcome death. It is the judgment of this court that you shall be eternally imprisoned in this place, in the Temple of Tears. You shall spend eternity here, and after we are long dead, you will still be here. Not alive, but not dead. Until this moment, Menkan had been calm. Now he was angry. You can't do this! I swear to you, you will never get away with this! Begin the procedure. Wait, wait. Don't you want to know how I'm going to kill you all? No, not particularly. Do it. Slowly, what looks like liquid rock begins to creep up Min Khan's leg. He gives a devilish smirk. A single drop of water falls and hits Kalik on the nose. Then, more drops fall. As more drops fall, screams can be heard from the crowd. As the rain gets heavier and heavier, the screams get louder and louder. As the liquid rock finally reaches Ben Khan's face, he begins to let out a last scream and freezes in place. TARDIS materializes on what looks like a completely barren and lifeless desert. The Doctor and Alon emerge from the TARDIS. When you said desert, I didn't think you meant a desert desert. You know that makes absolutely no sense, don't you? A desert desert. Are you sure it's safe? I could tell you yes, but I'd be lying. Very often danger can be hidden in the simplest of things. Well, there isn't much here except sand, so unless there's danger in that... There isn't danger in that, is there? The doctor gives her a look, and then they continue on. He takes off his coat and drapes it over his arm as they continue to walk. Is that a building? I think it is. It must be the famous Temple of Tears. Is that why we are here? Well, I told you that we needed to pick somewhere completely random, somewhere completely out of the way, and somewhere isolated! So here we are. The doctor and Alon approach and enter the Temple of Tears. They're admiring the art in the temple. Who built it? Oh, an ancient race. Long since extinct. Very few people even know this place exists. I've always meant to go back and see what happens to them. Just never got round to it. No wonder it is called the Temple of Tears. Look at this one. 
Ilan moves toward the large statue in the center of the hall. The Statue of Ming Khan. Very original title. It looks different than the other artifacts. It looks so real. That is the point of the statues. Capture the likeness of an individual. He looks so sad and hurt. He is a statue. Ilan looks up at the large statue sadly. She reaches up on the pedestal and touches the calf muscle of the statue and then turns away. She doesn't see that her handprint stays only for a second, glowing bright blue. So nothing on any of these artifacts says anything about the decline of the civilization. On Calixia, our great decline of 4421 was documented by every great artist on the planet. Isn't it strange that there is no mention of a decline? Like it happened suddenly. Not necessarily. Civilizations rise and fall for a variety of reasons. They also choose what they document for a variety of reasons. Still, yes, it is very odd. Alan continues looking around the circular room, looking at all the different artifacts. When she notices something unusual about the statue she touched earlier. At first, Alan can't put her finger on what's unusual, but then she sees it. Doctor, that statue, the one of Min Khan? Yes? It, well, it... Never mind. It's stupid. Statues don't move. Painful images flash in the doctor's mind. Images of old friends sent to their deaths in the past by moving statues. What did you say? It was just something I thought I saw. Did you say the statue moved? I know. I'm stupid. Step back away from the statue, but keep your eyes on it. Don't turn away. Don't even blink. Doctor, you're scaring me. If that statue moved, then we are both in great danger. I won't lose you. I've already lost too many to them. Lose me? Doctor, it is a statue. The doctor and Alan back away together from the statue. Alan drops her jacket. Listen very carefully. I want you to stand behind me. How can I keep looking at the statue if I'm behind you? Must you always argue? As a matter of fact, I want you to not look at the statue. Cover your face now. Alan moves behind the doctor and puts her face against the doctor's back and closes her eyes. The doctor hasn't taken his eyes off the statue of Men Khan. Then slowly, he purposefully closes his eyes and then opens them again. It's clear. It didn't move. Can you please explain what that was all about? For a moment, I thought it might be a weeping angel. What? I'll explain later. Come on. Let's get back to the TARDIS. As the doctor and Alan go to leave, the statue moves its arm and begins to stretch its legs. Meanwhile, as the doctor and Alan get to the entrance, Alan realizes she's left something inside. Doctor, I have to go back in. I left my jacket. Hurry, please. We shouldn't stay in any one place too long. Alan runs back into the circular room, but stops as soon as she sees. The statue is no longer standing on the pedestal, but rather standing against a far wall. The rock that was covering his body is broken all over the floor. Alan screams, and the doctor comes running. Who are you? I did not mean to frighten either of you. My name is Men Khan, and you saved my life. I've been stuck in that form for thousands of years. The single touch of your lady friend set me free. And just how did that work exactly? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm no scientist. But I can't thank you enough. You said you've been imprisoned inside that statue. Imprisoned by whom? By my own people. I was the leader of the law enforcement on my planet until I was wrongly accused. The trial was simply for show. I was found guilty and imprisoned here forever. Undead. That's horrible. The doctor is examining the rock fragments with his sonic screwdriver. It must have been when he launched the statue. 
What? Traveling in the TARDIS can alter your temporal state. Once you travel in the TARDIS, you're never quite the same. Your temporal signature must have disrupted the bonds that held the molecules of the rock in place. It allowed our friend here to escape. While the Doctor and Alan are talking, Men Khan is listening closely. Alan notices that he is staring. Is something wrong? My apologies. It's been a long time since I've seen a beautiful woman. I had given up. I'll never see one again. Doctor, you mentioned temporal signatures. Do you have a machine that travels in time? I might. Why do you ask? Because I'd like to ask you to return me to my own people. I can give you the exact temporal coordinates. Of course. I'm sure we can. Unfortunately, I can't do that. Alan, could I speak to you for a moment? We'll be right back. Be right back. Do you really think that helping a convict escape and return to the people who convicted him is a good idea? Well, do you? Are you suggesting we just leave him here in the desert? Do you plan to answer every question I ask with a question? Doctor, you have to help him. You know I will help him, but I will not alter his timeline. Trust me, it isn't an option. I understand. The Doctor and Alan return to the large chamber. Men Khan is looking around the room. It appears he's looking for something. Men Khan, we want to help you. Taking you back into your own time is out of the question. I'd be glad to find you some remote, uninhabited planet where you can live in peace and comfort. Men Khan considers this for a moment. It looks as if he's thinking it over carefully. He looks over to a particular spot on the wall. Not acceptable. I was sentenced to be imprisoned in that statue for eternity. It felt like eternity. I will make them pay. Men Khan, please. They are all already dead. Thousands of years ago. Ilan is right. There is nothing to be gained in the past. Besides that, the death of this world is a fixed point in time. Trying to change a past you've already experienced will cause devastating results, believe me. I know. Yeah, they said you'd say that. I wasn't asking for your permission. They? Who's they? In one swift motion, Menkan hits the wall, breaking open a secret compartment behind a stone panel. He grabs something inside, presses a few buttons, and vanishes. No, 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 no! The doctor quickly pulls his sonic screwdriver out. Doctor, what just happened? Where'd he go? Come on, run! Back to the TARDIS! Meanwhile, in a back alley, Men Khan appears. He walks out of the back alley and into the main street. It's a very busy street. Motorized transports zip back and forth. People of all ages walk hurriedly on each side. Large airships crisscross the sky. Market stalls line the street. A broad grin comes over his face. It is obvious that he is very happy to be free and home again. A child running down the street bumps into him and drops her stuffed animal. Men Khan bends down and picks it up. I'm sorry, sir. That's okay. There you go. The little girl takes the stuffed animal and skips away. The smile on Men Khan's face turns into a frown and then a scowl. He looks up at the clouds and over to a large warehouse in the corner. He crosses the street, pushing several people out of his way. One of them falls to the ground. Back in the future, the Doctor and Elan run back to the TARDIS at top speed. They run through the doors as the Doctor throws down his coat and begins to dematerialize the TARDIS. What's going on? What are we going to do? It was some kind of time vortex manipulator. I managed to scan the frequency so we are following the signal. I can't believe I was taken in by him. He's actually charming. One of the first things you learn when traveling the universe is that rude isn't always bad and charming, isn't always good. We have to stop him. Don't you think it was odd that exactly what he needed to escape was right there waiting for him? Yes, but not only that, I heard him say under his breath, THEY said you'd say that. Who was he talking about? 
Apparently we weren't random enough. Do you have any idea who has that kind of technology? Well, there are only a few civilizations with the time technology. But with the time runs gone, more and more civilizations are experimenting time travel. I need to get a closer look at that device. Almost there. The TARDIS materializes in the alley of the street. Is this the same planet? Same planet. About 100,000 years earlier. Come on. The doctor pulls out a rather odd device. What is that thing? It helps to pinpoint disturbances in the time vortex. Come on, this way. The doctor and Alan swiftly move from street to street until they come to an open air market with vendors on each side. The doctor looks from side to side but stops at one stall selling what could only be described as a piece of mechanical equipment. However, the face of the vendor isn't visible. Hmm, I have a means to pick up one of those. Doctor, we have things to do. Yes, of course. The doctor replaces the equipment and they continue down the street. However, once past the stalls, the doctor turns around and examines the vendors. Wait, something's changed. What are you talking about? There were 13 vendors. Now there are only 12. Are you sure? Maybe you just miscounted. The doctor walks back down the street. Look. Look, remember, I just picked up that phase coil. The entire store is gone. How is that possible? Well, either we both have the same delusion, there actually was a vendor here and they disappeared, or Minkarn has already affected the timeline and he was consumed by a reaper. A what? I'll explain later, come on. The Doctor and Alan continue moving street to street until they reach an old building that looks like a warehouse that hasn't been used in years. The Doctor checks his device one last time. This is it. Minkarn is inside. Or at least that device is. So what's your plan? I have no idea. The most important thing is that we cannot allow Menkan to change his personal timeline. If he does and causes a paradox, the Reapers will come from the Vortex and try to sanitize the area. Sanitize? I don't like the sound of that at all. Or if Menkan from the future comes in physical contact with Menkan from this timeline, it could cause a massive explosion that would rip the time Vortex apart. Yeah, that doesn't sound much better. Well... I can see why Time Lords kept civilizations from experimenting with time travel. History has to remain intact. Minkan must be caught and must be entombed in stone. I want you to go and find someone in authority on this planet and bring them here. I'm going to go and confront Minkan. Are you sure you're going to be okay? Are you joking? I'm the doctor. I'm very clever. Now go. Meanwhile, inside the building, Minkan, the one from the present, is working at his table. He looks very pleased with himself. He looks up from the table. It is obvious that he hears someone behind him. I don't know who you are, but you've just made the biggest mistake of your life. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Men Khan, realizing he's hearing his own voice, spins around in a panic. He sees himself looking back, but instantly knows this is no mirror. The Men Khan staring back at him is holding a gun. Who are you? What's going on? I'm from your future, a future that I cannot let happen. But, but you can't be here. It violates the basic principle of time. Wait. You plan to kill me. Oh, you do know me so well. You're an idiot. Oh, the tiny rocket and the poison rain. All genius ideas. They killed my... Our wife. They were trying to kill me. But they hit her instead. We must make them pay for what they've done. Oh, they will pay, all right. But I will be the one to do it. In less than 12 hours, this building will be crawling with security forces, and they will capture you. They will torture you, and they will imprison you for thousands of years. You will go insane with boredom. 
with the nothingness that surrounds you. That is until you get a very special visitor one day who tells you about an odd man who travels with a princess, and about time travel, and about this. Mankind from the future holds up the device that allowed him to travel to the past. Once our little device launches and begins killing every man, woman, and child on this planet, I'll use my little magic pouch here to travel, oh, about two years in the future. By then, the toxin in that rocket will have dissipated, leaving this entire planet for me. You really have gone insane. We have a plan, remember? I have a ship at the edge of town. As soon as I launch this rocket and before the rain starts, we can make our way there, both of us. We'll wait it out in orbit. We can share this planet. Together. We can rebuild the society the way we want to. We can do this together. Men Khan from the future fires his weapon at his mirror image from the past. I do not need you. Your liability, you got caught. And I just can't risk that you'll be caught again. Men Khan hears a noise and quickly hides his gun. He begins working on the rocket. The doctor makes his way into the building and up a long, narrow staircase to an upper platform. He sees Ben Khan working on something. The doctor launches himself from the platform on a chain hanging from the ceiling. He crashes into Men Khan and a fight begins. Very quickly, Men Khan establishes himself as an excellent fighter. The doctor manages to evade his attacks at first. Men Khan, I don't want to hurt you. Give me the device. Look, I don't know who you are, little man. But nobody is touching this device. Men Khan, trying to deceive the doctor, waves towards the table behind him. Not that device. Wait, you don't know me. You're the wrong one. Oh, no. Men Khan, taking advantage of the doctor's confusion, launches toward him and quickly overpowers him. Men Khan grabs the doctor and puts him in a headlock. The doctor's face turns bright red. I, I used to be really good at this sort of thing. The doctor's eyes begin to roll back in his head as he struggles to take breaths. Then he sees, just under the table, at the back, the body of Men Khan. With a quick slap of his arms, he manages to hit Men Khan on the pressure points in his neck. Men Khan staggers back and releases the doctor, but quickly draws his gun. <coughs> you killed him yourself. <coughs> he was weak. He got caught. It's a mistake I don't plan to repeat. Do you recognize this device I was... he was working on? Looks like a bomb. Something launched into the low stratosphere by the looks of it. Menkan circles around the doctor and picks up a small vial from the table. Very good. This vial contains enough thoron poisoning to seed the clouds over this entire continent. That has been banned by Article 22B of the Shadow Proclamation. I ordered you to stop working on that device and destroy that sample. <laughs> Silly little man. I do not recognize the authority of the Shadow Proclamation. Secondly, it took me nearly a decade to extract this much thoron. You don't know the implications of what you are planning. Already you have changed history by murdering your other self. The entire point of this has been to change history. The first time this rocket launched, and just as my body was being covered in stone, I could hear the screams as the Thoron rain fell. This time I intend to be the last man standing. I am going to kill every last man, woman, and child on this planet. Menkan walks back over to the rocket and places the vial of Thoron into the nose cone. He picks up a remote control, and with the press of a button, the roof begins to open, revealing a sky that was dark with clouds. You know what surprises me the most, Doctor? What? That you aren't trying to stop me from poisoning this planet. I can't. And why is that? It's a fixed moment in time. <laughs> That's good to know. Menkan pushes another button, and the tiny rocket launches up through the roof. And so it begins. And now, Doctor, you will die. At that very moment... 
guards burst in from nearly every entrance to the building and quickly moved to surround Nankan. The doctor looks up and sees Alan standing on the same balcony he jumped from earlier. She looks angry. Meanwhile, Menkan fights the first wave of guards, but is quickly brought down to his knees. No! Doctor, if you help me, I'll tell you what you want to know. I'll tell you who helped me. One of the guards strikes Menkan, knocking him unconscious. No! The guards take Menkan away. The doctor and Lan leave the warehouse. Is it true? Is what true? That everyone is going to die. Everyone on this planet, that desert we were in, this is the moment they all die. And you did nothing to stop it. Elan, time travel is more complex, much more complex than you can imagine. I'm a time lord and there are things even I can't do. Certain moments, certain events are fixed points in time that if anyone or anything messes with them, reality itself will fall apart. We've seen the results. Changing this moment will send ripples through the entire space-time continuum. Worlds could end, civilizations of billions could cease to exist. No, what happens today, what happened today, must always happen. I can't believe that. You could have saved everyone. It is what you do, isn't it? You call yourself a doctor, and you go around trying to help people when today, the one day, you could have saved everyone. You did nothing. Ilan, it isn't that simple. Sometimes it is, but this time it just isn't. You have to trust me. Trust you? Sometimes I don't even think I know you. Ilan storms away, leaving the doctor looking towards the ground. The huge center court that will eventually become known as the Temple of Tears is filled with people. They are shouting about something. On one side of the court, a balcony extends out over the courtyard. Dr. Nalan are sitting in the audience. Bring forth the prisoner. From the center of the courtyard, what looks like a stone slab melts away, and a man in chains rises up on a stone lift. Men Khan, you are the most evil and corrupt criminal this world has ever seen. You have destroyed nearly half a continent and murdered half of our population. Do you have any final words before we pass sentence? This isn't right. I'm not the Menkan you think I am. This is all a mistake. Please don't do this. Have mercy on me. This court has no mercy for you. This court finds you guilty. Are you ready for sentencing? No. No, please. It is the judgment of this court that you shall be eternally imprisoned in this place, in the Temple of Tears. You shall spend eternity here, and after we are long dead, you will still be here, not alive, but not dead. Please, please not again, I beg you. I can't live another day like that. Please, you're all in danger. I I can save you. The rocket, the rain is going to be poisoned. Begin the procedure. Slowly, what looks like liquid rock begins to creep up Menkan's leg. He cries in pain. As the liquid rock finally reaches Menkan's face, he begins to let out a last scream and freezes in place. It is done, and time is intact. We better get going. Alan gets up coldly and walks towards the exit. Just still mad. Mad? No. Just sad. So am I. We still don't know who left that device for Menkan. The doctor pulls the device out of his pocket. That's the odd thing. I don't recognize it. The technology isn't Time Lord, isn't Dalek, isn't Cybermen, or anything else I recognize. The doctor gives the device a quick swipe with the sonic screwdriver, and it crackles through electronic sparks. Either way, it is drunk now. Come on, let's go. Looks like rain.
someone is calling this line, it must be a matter of extreme emergency. Walls must be burning, suns are being destroyed, time itself must be ripping apart. I don't think we've been introduced. I'm the Doctor. I'm Jenny Manning, and I'm the babysitter. Who are you? I demand to know who you are and why you're bothering this boy. This isn't real. I'm dreaming. Well, I'm wide awake. I'm not stupid. I was there. This blue box, it travels in time and space. You're a Time Lord that can change his face. I saw it. I saw the inside. It is true. Tell me I'm crazy and I'll go straight back inside. One trip and I have you back here before you can say nightmare. I think the Dreamcatchers did something to me. I feel weird. Doctor? Doctor, your hands. They're glowing. What? No, not now. I haven't had this body long enough.